Welcome to another episode of Live from the Blue Seats. I'm your host, Rob, joined this week by producer JL. John Luke Shapiro is here with me on a, let's call it a trimmed down, uh, minimalistic version of this week's <laughs> show, Live from the Good Blue way to Seats. Put it. Uh, we are, we've hit the record button just moments after the Rangers completed a six to three thrashing, very in, thoroughly enjoyable thrashing of the Tampa Bay Lightning in what was essentially a meaningless game for both teams, but really did not seem that way at all. So, uh, you know, and obviously we don't have Dave here. We don't have Becky here. So it's a, it's a slim down crew, just the two of us. So we're going to, you know, recap that the game that we just watched here, uh, do a little bit of an outlook to, you know, towards the rest of the season, you know, focusing mainly on the Rangers suddenly more than slightly concerning injury situation with, Jacob Truba leaving tonight's game and Patrick Kane not even playing in it. So we'll get to all that, plus a couple of questions. Plus, JL's got some more stories from the road uh, as he recently <laughs> returned from a trip up to uh, up to the Great White North. Well, Buffalo, not quite Canada, but anyway. <laughs> it's JL, just almost. Yeah, cl- close enough, right? How are you doing? Uh, welcome, welcome back this week. Well, first of all, I want to thank you guys for your kind words uh, last week. Um, many, probably many don't know, I had to put my dog down last week and it was probably one of the more one of the probably the hardest thing i've had to do in my going to be 30 years of life which is going to be uh on saturday um it was very nice of you guys well thank you it was it was it was very nice of you guys to say that i you know was sobbing a little bit you know from that so thank you again everything else is going pretty well you know i'm happy the rangers are doing well baseball season's coming up you know uh, it, it's been, a, it's, it's, it's been a pretty good spring so far. So everything is looking on the up and up. So, yeah, well, listen, and obviously, um, you know, our, our, our feelings, our hearts were with you going through something very difficult that, you know, anyone who has had a pet of any sort knows mm-hmm. how much they mean to you. They really become like family. And, and when you lose them, it's, it's really, really difficult. And, um, you know, hopefully, this could provide a little bit of, uh, of distraction for last week's show was able to provide a little bit of distraction for you. And, um, you know, ho- hopefully the support of your, of your, your new friends here at the, at the blue seat blogs and live from the blue seats communities, um, mm-hmm. was a little bit helpful, but either way, you know, obviously something very difficult and, you know, hope, hopefully you're, uh, you're, you're getting through it here. Yeah, no, it, it's, you know, 14 years with, with one pet, you know, it's definitely something that's just, not going to go away tomorrow but you know with the the support of some wonderful people like you guys you know just being there for me and 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 just you know you know giving me support and and love it it really means a lot and and it was definitely a nice little distraction because i think we had recorded probably the day after if i'm correct so it was definitely uh or maybe it was even the day of so to speak uh but it was definitely a nice distraction um and again, I appreciate all your thoughts and and your support. And uh, uh, you know, you guys have done, you guys have been so nice to me. I don't know what I did to deserve it, but you guys have been so good to me. So I appreciate everyone, including Dave and Becky and and um, everyone else in the in our uh, our little crew here. So thank you again. 
Absolutely. And um, no, we, we love having you around. The show has only gotten better with your inclusion. And, um, you know, we're, we're always going to be looking to, uh, to continue to improve it. And, and, you know, we're looking to do more and more with the, with the podcast. You know, we've mentioned some uh, live shows. We obviously have done a couple of Twitter spaces, but with playoffs coming up, I think we might have some, uh, some ideas brewing for some expanded uh, podcast content. So be on the lookout for that. Yeah. Let's, we'll, we'll see what, uh, you know, what happens playoffs, you know, as we know, playoffs, uh, especially after last year. (laughs) It comes fast and furious, and and now that was a bit of a unique schedule. The Rangers played, I think, their twenty games over the course of forty-one games. I think they, or forty-one days, excuse me. I think they only had one multiple day break between games. So, you know, it, the, hopefully the schedule this year will be a little bit more forgiving and just allow the team a little bit of time to recover. Also, if they're going to make a deep run, it would behoove them to like not play every series as a seven-game series. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a discussion for uh, probably next week's podcast when we are properly doing a, a playoff preview and we and the seating is a little more set. Let's focus on tonight's game. So the Rangers come into the game, you know, far enough behind the Devils and obviously uh, clinched in this in the in the uh, from the standpoint that they can finish in a lower than third, um, knowing what their matchup is going to be. And and Tampa and Toronto are mathematically locked into playing one another. So. As I said at the top of the show, both teams, I think, come into Madison Square Garden for Wednesday night's game, you know, nationally televised game, but still thinking like, all right, there's nothing to play for here, right? There's really no stakes. This is just a, you know, if you're the Rangers, don't get hurt further game. And that evidence by Patrick Kane after a maintenance day in practice on Tuesday, not participating in the game. Uh, Tampa is also, you know, doing what they can to manage manage injuries and workload. And the game plays out exactly the opposite of that. There are, are all sorts of hits, multiple fights, um, all sorts of dirty plays and cheap shots, more so by Tampa. You know, the Rangers had their moments as well, um, no doubt. Uh, Igor got a couple of shots in on Corey Perry at the end of the game, I noticed. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it turned out to be a really exciting, intense playoff-style game that the Rangers prevailed in in kind of their signature style, especially since the trade deadline where they're able to score in bunches, they're able to weather the storm defensively. You know, Igor makes three or four fantastic saves. And if you give the Rangers an inch, I hate to use a cliche, but they 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 take a mile, right? It becomes, mm-hmm. you know, it becomes six goals. You know, you blink and you can give up six goals to this Ranger team. So, you know, JL, I was really impressed tonight by just their kind of ability to roll through in an orthodox setup, right? They were playing 11 forward, seven defensemen. So you had Jimmy Vesey elevated to the, to the top line. The kids look fantastic. Again, Ryan Lindring comes back to the lineup. So tons of good stuff to start off with. What, what are, what were your key takeaways? Well, uh, there was a bit of a concern over the last couple of days, especially over the weekend, primarily Thursday and Friday that the Rangers were not ready for the playoffs, mm-hmm. so to speak, it kind of, you know, seemed like there was kind of like, like a lack of intensity, so to speak. Um, and there was some truth into that. You could just kind of see it in the game a little bit, uh, considering, uh, their game against their games against Buffalo and New Jersey, but they weren't totally mm-hmm. out of it. So there was, you know, kind of some encouraging signs, so to speak in that sense. Um, their game on Sunday versus Washington. And obviously tonight kind of disproved that it kind of sucks that while they don't have, you know, they lost Truba and they don't have uh, 
Kane, at least for the time being, it goes to show you that, you know, in whatever iteration the team is right now, they're ready for playoff hockey. This was a playoff game. And even though you said that it was sort of a meaningless game, I don't see them. I didn't see them, you know, feel that it was sort of meaningless. They were really on their game and they were into it. They were engaged. And, you know, it, it helps with the return of Ryan Lindgren, too, because he kind of solidifies, you know, uh, a defense that was kind of shaky a little bit. But also adding to that intensity department, um, as much as I love Ben Harper and he was an absolute monster tonight, you know, Ryan Lindgren offers up a little bit of that snarl as well on the on the on the back end. You saw what he did when Kalorn came in and basically cup checked uh, Shesterkin. <laughs> yeah, and he basically mean mugged him, and he deserved it, so to speak. Uh, you know, so it's stuff like that that kind of just shows you that they're ready. Unfortunately, you know, Truba. You know, let's just hope that it's just precautionary. They took him out of the game, um, so you 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 don't you don't want to see him hurt for an extended period of time and i know i was mentioned in the chat um you know as much as this fan base likes to dunk on truba he's actually been one of our better defensemen since the since the all-star break so losing yep. him would be huge but all in all just an overall <laughs> it was it just also people would say oh yeah so the rangers there you know they lost ryan reeves and they don't have as much grit or whatever i beg to differ and tonight was a perfect example. You know, granted, Tampa may not have been at 100%, but that's hockey at the end of April or at the end of uh, at the beginning of April. No one's 100% going into the playoffs. Teams are still going to try and play. Teams are going to still try and win, you know. And the Rangers showed them, hey, we're here and we're nasty. And that's what you want to see, you know. I mean, then yeah. you know you want to talk. You want to talk about everything else. I mean, you know. Well, yeah, and no, that's a great. That's a great point, and I think. You know, to your, I think I just want to stick with Truba because that is really the big story other than, you know, that's the negative side of, of the coin. You know, unfortunately, the Rangers don't escape this game unscathed. Um, and it really was not actually, even though it involved Corey Perry, it was not a dirty play. It was just more of an awkward collision that Truba went into it as much as I think he kind of got tangled up with Perry and one other lightning player. And um, basically fell sideways and off Blame the side of his face. face. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, look, the Rangers said he had an upper body injury and was not returning. Now, is it a concussion, right? You have to assume that head hitting the ice, it kind of becomes an automatic concussion spotter thing. And by the Rangers saying he has an upper body injury, do they confirm concussion by saying that? Let's hope not. Let's just hope it was precautionary. You know, I'll admit as we speak here and as we record this podcast, I'm trying to sort of keep one eye on Twitter to see if Gerard Gallant's going to give any sort of information on, um, on, on, and actually just saw it come, come across from Gallant via Arthur Staple that Troop is going to travel with the team tonight to St. Louis. So that's a good sign. That's so, a good sign. Yep. And he's considered day to day. So hopefully it was more precautionary in nature, but I totally agree with you, JL, that he has turned his season around from where he was the first two months where he was a nightmare. I mean, let's just, let's not, sugarcoat it let's let's be honest about it he was all over the place and you know i think it was easy to sort of look at it as oh well, he's the captain and now is he is he not uh bearing the weight of that responsibility well which has been a, an issue for previous ranger captains it's kind mm -hmm. of a thing with this franchise 
Uh, it seems to be a little bit of a curse for some players, but I don't think it was that. I really think it was just, he just had a bad start, which happens. Mm-hmm. These guys are human. They have rough seasons and bad starts and all that. And he's also injured. So I mean, let's not, let's not, let's not say that, Let, let's not discredit that, you know? No. I mean, this guy was basically outside of Adam Fox. This guy was basically the Rangers best defenseman in the playoffs last year. And something must have happened, whether it was in the playoffs or sometime early in the season, his wrist, his passings, his passes were not great. And you could see it. He was laboring because then yeah. he wasn't able to make the, he wasn't able to make the proper breakout pass, which kind of puts, put him out of position. Therefore either kind of messing up K Andre or whomever he was with. So, you know, anyone who's ever played hockey or has any, has ever watched hockey, you know, that, Unless you have like a super duper partner like Nicholas Lidstrom, passing as a defenseman is obviously vital. And especially for someone like Truba, who can make pretty good passes. He's still a very skilled player, a little tougher than most, but he's still a very skilled player. So to see that he's either healed or has somehow managed to play through whatever injury that he's been able to play through, he's definitely improved. And, you know, it's good that he's only day to day allows for, you know, allows for the team to kind of like relax, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And let's, let's see. I mean, you know, it's, we don't know. They won't tell us of course, whether it's, you know, a laceration on the face. I mean, you'd be able to see that if that's what it is, but Mm -hmm. if it's a concussion, if it's a neck injury, you know, they just, they won't tell us. And, you know, it, you know, we know that the playoffs start on April 17th. Today is April 5th, right? As we record this, you're listening to us on April 6th. So, if it's a short-term injury, if it truly is day-to-day. Now, look, Gallant called Ryan Lindgren day-to-day. Ryan Lindgren missed 11 straight games and 17 out of 18. And, you know, so, uh, and I know that every coach does this, but Gallant seems to be a master obfuscator. And you can't really believe a word that comes out of his mouth when it comes to injuries. So, unfortunately, this is going to be a wait-and-see for us as fans, right? Unless one of our uh, crack beat reporters can uncover the the mystery behind an injury, which almost never happens. Um, (laughs) We are going to just have to wait and see what it is with Truba. And I think we have to wait and see what it is with Patrick Kane. Now, again, he had played every single game uh, since the trade deadline. And I thought was physically looking fine. I mean, you know, he's always been a little bit of a coaster when he's out of the play. That's just how he is. He kind of lurks Mm -hmm. on the outskirts and then, you know, dives in and steals a puck or, you know, it's all about timing with him and, and, and reading open space on the ice. He's not really, a, uh, you know, he's not a physical player and that's okay. Not everybody needs to be physical and he gets engaged when he needs to. Um, you know, there were only a couple of times, but he was doing it a couple of times a game where he would go into a full sprint to chase a puck. Um, his legs still move pretty well, probably not as quick as he used to be, but he looked fine, right? Physically. I mean, I think that that would be fair to say. And then, you know, not surprising that a veteran player would get a maintenance day, especially knowing that he does have a little bit of a hip issue, but it was surprising that he did not play. You know, first of all, he took the morning skate, uh, yesterday on Wednesday before the Tampa game, uh, started. That was an optional morning skate that only he and Ben Harper partook in. And then it was announced before the game that he did not play. So have to assume that that hip injury, which we know is a factor, may require off-season surgery, uh, has flared up. And again, hopefully this is more of just a a load management thing where they are protecting uh, and trying to, um, you know, lengthen the 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 uh, the rope, if you will, that Kane has, right, to pull on because he's right. just 
yeah, it's just, you know, you want him at, at top in top form for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. You are planning for two months of very, very, you know, high intensity, you know, high emotion playoff hockey, very, very physically demanding as well. So, you mm-hmm. know, that, but I mean, I think it's fair to say JL that, that those two injuries are cause for, cause for concern right now. No, of, of course. Absolutely. And, and to touch on Kane a little bit, you know, uh, his, like you said, his game has always been that way. He's always been kind of a coaster. Um, he, how can I put it when he's on, he's probably one of the more dominant offensive cyclists or just possession players in the game. Mm-hmm. And we saw pieces of that. Um, could he be a little, I don't want to say lazy, but I guess just kind of trying to play through his injury and looks a little bit off. Yeah, sure. But in the times where he's looked engaged and that hasn't really been much of an issue, he's looked really good. So like you said, hopefully it's something minor. Um, Obviously we knew going in with this trade that we would be dealing with something along the lines of a hip issue, but we're just hoping that it'll get rectified by, you know, the end of the season or in playoffs. And truth be told, I wouldn't be opposed to, you know, just kind of maybe not putting him in as many games. Uh, Don't necessarily think James Dolan would want that, all things considered, because that's a little more money in his pocket. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, you want to look at the overall health of this team. And uh, we're just hoping that, again, this is just something precautionary. You know, Patrick Kane's here. We have to deal with it. And so far, it's been pretty good. You know, he's definitely looked a lot better than a lot of other uh, deadline acquisitions. I mean, he's definitely been a lot better than Timo Meyer or the Devils. So, I mean, he's definitely contributed in some form or another. So, you know, you just hope that this is just something precautionary. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, ultimately, it's kind of weird, right? Because I think, obviously, the best version of this team is one that includes Patrick Kane at, you know, at whatever is his current best level of play, even if that's not the sort of vintage, mm-hmm. you know, you know, Chicago Blackhawks salad days, you know, I think like you said, JL, his, his best right now is still very good and, and better than a lot of, uh, a, a lot of the current, you know, sort of crop of NHL players. So, um, but I also think, you know, just watching the team tonight, you know, again, and going back to the the Tampa game here, you know, Jimmy Vesey fills in really well on that top line. That's a that's a combination that worked pretty well. Kreider, Zabanajad, and Vizi. Um, and the kid line, when they are playing the way they played tonight, and it's been going now for the better part of the last, you know, couple of weeks, three weeks, where they've really found their stride, found their stride again at the right time. Um, you know, they had a dominant performance. Uh, against uh, Washington, they had another great game tonight. And, um, you know, Capo uh, Caco gets a goal in this one. Um, and, uh, you know, Lafreniere had an assist in this one, but they were just dangerous all night. You know, they were they were creating chances. And, um, you know, Gerard Gallant even said, uh, you know, this week, earlier this week, that he's basically using their shifts as as the example. Like when they watch video as a team, He's showing the whole team kid line shifts, right? Like this is how we want to play. We want to be possessing the puck down low in the offensive zone, you know, mm-hmm. cycling, getting to the net, you know, low to high shots from the point, create rebounds, and then go east to west off the chaos that that creates. So right. it's, um, 
And then, of course, you know, you get the the great goal that Lafreniere scores. Um, oh, beautiful. Oh, my in gosh. Washington. Right. But oh. that's off of, you know, a neutral zone turnover where Kako mm-hmm. kind of scrambles a play. Philip Heedle steals a puck from Backstrom. And all of a sudden, they're coming in with speed and space. Two on two, you know, little uh, between the leg, legs, uh, dipsy doodle by laugh. And he scores his signature goal, which he did last April as well. Uh, yes, against, against Detroit. Detroit. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was memorable. So, um, I think that's that. That was a um, one of the key takeaways for me, and, and they're going to be huge in the playoffs. I think that goes without saying. One other thing I wanted to mention, which I thought was huge in this Tampa game, is you know it's four three Rangers, and they had had a good start to the third period. You know, after Tampa dominated the second, they came out had a really strong start, had a bunch of good chances, but then Tampa had an extended shift. Rangers were defending for over a minute, and it was the Panarin, Trocek, and Tarasenko line that was out there. I think Keandre Miller was out there, and I think it was maybe Nikola with Keandre because obviously the defense pairs were all mixed up all night. And Mm -hmm. that shift ends uh, shortly after a Vladimir Tarasenko block shot. So he gets out to the point. He's obviously exhausted because he's been on the ice for more than a minute and a half and gets in front of, I think it was a Victor Hedman slap shot. Yeah, and that's no, that's no, that's no uh, muffin either. No, exactly. So, <laughs> and then the next shift, I'm talking, you know, less than a minute or two later, Chris Kreider gets his second of the game off of that beautiful Zibanejad did the uh, Lafreniere move the between the legs to the backhand shot off the post. Kreider stashes the rebound. But I just thought to myself in that moment, this team looks playoff ready to me, right? That, that was like, uh, that whole sequence was very much, how you win in the playoffs, right? You have to survive the other team's push. You mm-hmm. need all five guys willing to defend and get the puck out of your end. And then you go on the offense, you get that, that, you know, that quick strike goal, you, you capitalize on your chance and the Rangers are built to do that. You know, their whole mm-hmm. top nine, um, you know, obviously, which is, includes the kid line is deadly when they get chances and, and they don't need a lot of chances as I was saying before to put up four five, six goals. So, um, also, now a good time to mention that stat that they are 32 and 0 this year when they score four or more goals in a game. They're undefeated. So, first of all, <laughs> I love that. they've scored thir- four or more 32 times and they haven't lost any of those games. They haven't lost a 5 4 or a 6 5 game. So, speaks to the goaltending, obviously, but also just speaks to the, um, you know, their ability to like to blitz teams and just and mm-hmm. blow them out. So, um, any final thoughts on that game? And then I'd love to hear about your uh, your trip to Buffalo. We probably should talk a little bit about the Devil game, although you know I don't want to. That, that one's now going to be a week ago, and um, you know, probably not one we need to spend too much time on. But any final thoughts from uh, the Tampa game and and, and or on the uh, the injury situation that the Rangers are facing? Well, again, I'll just reiterate that hopefully the injury situation is just something minor. Um, you know, you got a lot of guys banged up, like I said, and we just hope that, you know, it's all precautionary because Truba did take a pretty nasty spill. He was able to go off on his own recognizance. So he looked that's fine good... too. Yeah. He, looked, he, he yeah. looked okay. He looked fine. And I'm guessing they fingers crossed. They just said, listen, we'll take it from here since they were running seven D. So they weren't really at much of a loss, so to speak. Um, and obviously it's, it's easier to switch up the forwards than it is defensemen, obviously. Uh, as far as the rest of the game goes, um, the, the kid line, I mean, talk about impressive. It's, I don't know what it is. Maybe they're just late starters because they kind of, they're running a similar trajectory than, you know, like they did last season where they kind of started off slow and then just kind of, you know, 
burst out, but they kind of burst out a little bit earlier this year in the sense of this this type of play seems to have emerged. You know, last year it kind of came out like last month, last month and a half of the season and really exploded in the playoffs. But this team is this team strength, like you said, is is cycling and moving the puck down low. And the kid line, they just do it so masterfully. And 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 like you mentioned, you know, Gallant showing footage of them. You know, if if that were me, let's say I was, you know, Mika Zibanejad or Patrick Kane. I mean, I can't ever be Mika Zibanejad because I'll never be able to grow that man's hair. <laughs> but um, so you know, I'm sitting there, or I was to say I'm Vladimir Tarasenko. Okay, well, I've been in this league for a while, and these kids are doing exactly what I know I can do. I'm going to step my game up. So I think that's really good uh, moves, uh, a move by Gallant to kind of light a fire under their rear ends a little bit. Loving the Tarasenko block shot. Uh, that was arguably one of my favorite things that I got to see. I also really like to see, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, just the kind of resiliency. And also, let's not forget, you know, Tyler Mott. Mm-hmm. hell of a game you know uh, the fourth the, line was fantastic in this game right the key for this rangers team in the playoffs yes the top six uh is gonna do well yes we want the the kid line to do well but like you said weathering the storm and finding a way to come back and basically bullying your way to a goal is vital tampa scores off of that ridiculous sequence which you know rangers always somehow seem to get bitten in the rear end with those not even you know if i'm remembering correctly for some reason i can't seem to remember things properly lately uh but either way the response to all of the all of the the nastiness and all that tyler mott after tampa scores a goal immediately pops one into the back of the net with his second of the night insane you just you just have to love it so overall they're playoff ready they just we just need better luck with the injuries and um you know Igor's back, you know, concerned really? No. <laughs> no. So I, no, he's I, all I, the way I back. yeah, he's all the way back. There's no question. They'll be fine. This was a fun one, and it's always good to beat Tampa Bay. I cannot stand that team or their fans. They not as bad as Pittsburgh, but you know. <laughs> no, they uh and they certainly brought the chippiness to the game and look the rangers responded to it really well across the board everybody was engaged um and they were up for the game as we keep saying but tampa just a lot of you know typical you know chippiness the types of players that they have you know kucherov's pretty filthy behind the scene mm-hmm. or you know uh, kind of uh under the radar perry we all know about perry's antics um you know but but you know i think they they, they are starting to remind me of pittsburgh who you, who you just mentioned jl in terms of they will start whining when they're losing. And, you know, n- none, <laughs> yep. no more of a great example than Kucherov smashing the camera in the penalty box after he took that late penalty in the third period, Where? which basically put the game away, uh, or the yeah. game had already been put away at that point. But I think the Rangers score on that ensuing power play. So, but no, you've got Ross Colton instigating a fight with Braden Schneider after a perfectly clean hit and like not even one that looked um, particularly bad. You know, sometimes like, you know, Truba lays a guy out and, and it looks pretty rough because Truba's so big and he's tall and mm-hmm. you're kind of like, oh, was there, maybe there was a little bit of head contact there. And, you know, you right. can see in the moment why people would get really fired up about one of those, you know, patented Truba open ice hits. But, you know, Schneider just kind of stood up straight and 
and and Colton fell over when he hit him. I mean, Schneider's built like a brick shit house. So, you know, it, it, it that was kind of just the natural course of events. And, you know, he gets, uh, and Schneider just gets jumped. I think it was by Colton, right? I, I forget who he knocked over. I'm sorry. But um, point being, you know, this just, this game had, I think there were four fighting majors in the game, uh, you know, and, I've been reading a lot of articles lately about how, you know, fighting is down across the board in the NHL, which of course it is. It's been declined on the decline for two decades, but mm-hmm. you wouldn't have known it watching tonight's game. That was, that was chaos for, you know, a good, uh, a, a good couple of hours. So, um, but you know what? It was all organic. It was, it was two teams that clearly don't like each other. I think that had a big, uh, that, that had a lot to do with it as well. Right. It's just, you know, you go into this game expecting it not to produce that much intensity, but those teams just played a six game playoff series against each other last year. The Rangers mm-hmm. certainly get up for these games and Tampa, I think, you know, part of good coaching and motivation, right. They still, still feel like they have something to prove because everybody's talking about Boston. Everybody's talking about how Toronto, this is their year. They're going to finally beat mm-hmm. Tampa. The Rangers are a sexy pick. The devils are a sexy pick. No one's really talking about Tampa out of the East. Right. So all of a sudden they can go to that, tried and true, nobody believes in us, motivational line of, of thinking. So, um, you know, they're, they're, now I think there's a reason nobody believes in them, and that's because they're not as good as the Rangers. They're not as good as Toronto. They're not as good as the Devils. They're not as good as Boston. So they kind of are rightfully where they are in the standings. But um, no, uh, regardless, it produced a really, really entertaining hockey game and, and thrilled the Rangers won. So, um, all right. Let's, uh, and as, as we were talking about last week, the Rangers, you know, lose to New Jersey, lose to Buffalo in overtime, but then get a really big win, uh, on Sunday afternoon in Washington, which kind of writes the ship. And again, you take a step back and look at it. They're now 11, two and two in their last 15 games, but JL, you actually attended, you were at the Jersey game as well, or did you, did you not end up going? No, I was at that one too. Yes, I was. So so you were at back-to-back games, Jersey, and then up in Buffalo. Yes, I was. Um, so first of all, I will always say this. Um, Devils fans are absolutely the worst. <laughs> um, living in Jersey, I see, you know, <laughs> if you live in Jersey, you kind of figure that out pretty fast. Um, if you haven't been to the Prudential Center listening to this, it's not a terrible arena, but it's not Madison Square Garden. doesn't help us in the middle of Newark. As far as the game goes, um, the Devils jumped on the Rangers early on, and that seemed to have been kind of a trend lately. Not mm-hmm. one that I was particularly too concerned with because, you know, yeah, they scored two quick goals, but there's a difference between a team just kind of getting on the board quick and just absolutely getting dominated. If you've watched any Ranger hockey over the last five years before last season, you knew exactly what being dominated was. That wasn't being dominated. The Devils, excuse me, the Devils were not at 100%. And um, I don't think that they were really all over the Rangers. It was more or less just the Rangers kind of lacking activity in the offensive zone. And they actually turned it on, the Rangers, towards the end of the game. Mm -hmm. And it was a very tough, very emotional, very, like, grating game. You can see it mm-hmm. because obviously, you know, you know, as much as we don't like the Devils, we're not going to discredit them by any means whatsoever. They are a very good team, you know, for all intents and purposes. So obviously it's going to take a lot out of a team, especially when they have the speed that they have and, you know, adding Meyer with that grid. And, and you know, so 
while they lost, it was only 2-1. It wasn't as bad as everyone made it out to seem. It just You just don't want to lose to the Devils. I thought they were defensively sound. I didn't think yeah. that there was really much of an issue outside of like the occasional Ben Harper gaffe, but you know, he's here. We have to deal with it. Um, the offense just, you know, the kid line looked good. Um, obviously, you know, the top six were kind of overpassing it too much. And as we saw tonight, all they have to do is shoot and it seems to go in. So they just kind of need to get that out of their head. Obviously they feel the way to pass too much against New Jersey because, you know, New Jersey is really quick. I get it. It happens. I do the same thing when I play NHL. Then again, I'm not a professional <laughs> hockey player by any means whatsoever. So, you know, it was a good crowd and 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 it wasn't exactly one of the Rangers' worst efforts. I'm again not concerned. Uh flew out. I have a friend who lives in Buffalo, so we were able to head out to the game that night. Uh Key Bank Center, wonderful place to go. Everybody's really nice. Uh you know, then I come to find out that Devin, Devin Levy or Devon Levy, however you say it, was starting. I and Levi. I told I think I think De- it's Levi. I, I think it's Devon Devin Levi. I think it's Devin Levi. Okay. So I have to make sure I have to brush Maybe I'm wrong. my well, either way. Um I was with my buddy. We were heading to a bar slash restaurant when I found out that uh he that they had a rookie goaltender starting. And as I'm munching down on Buffalo's famous wings, um, which are very good by the way. Uh, I kind of told my friends there who are Sabres fans, I said, he's going to beat us tonight because that seems to be the Rangers track record. I mean, anecdotally speaking, statistically speaking, that, that may not be the case. Like, it's anecdotally, not. Yeah, it's very funny. Yeah. But but yeah. yeah, it does seem it's one of those things that when you look at the stats, it's actually the Rangers have had plenty of success against. It used to be backups Two people used to freak out when they would right. face backups. But even rookies or guys making their first start. Yeah, there's a couple of not- notable wins and even shutouts in there, but I think you know, over the last number of years, the Rangers are actually quite good against against you know rookies or or first start you know goalies making their first start. So anyway, but yeah. I understand the psychology of that, and and certainly it is, it, it is a psychology shared by a lot of fans. Absolutely, and you know, like I said, anecdotally speaking, I you know obviously I was partly being facetious when i mentioned that to them but i didn't really think it was actually gonna happen but you know fingers you know you fingers crossed you hope that they do well and obviously it's always fun to joke around but in the back of your head you kind of think well crap that might actually happen uh as far as the on ice product um buffalo was you know buffalo definitely had the edge again not totally dominating the rangers uh it was only really one nothing at one point i think it it got to two nothing after a certain bit yeah. uh but it, it wasn't it you know it was another slow could, start though it, and, and right I think to, and, yeah to your point that was kind of that's been that had been the trend until they flipped that trend on sunday in washington and then again against tampa but no yeah i, I was another slow start where mm-hmm. I think, like you said, you know, it's not even so much people like to pinpoint the defense or, or, or you know, go right to the defensive zone and and uh, nitpick what's going on there. Where, whereas I'm kind of with you, JL, it's more lack of action in the offensive zone and, right. and lack of, you know, time spent in the other team's end. And, you know, when Dave mm-hmm. always talks about this, you know, when, when whenever this comes up, you know, a lot of their lines when they're in these stretches are kind of like one and done, right? Like they skate into the mm-hmm. zone to get one shot, but they don't retrieve it. And the other team gets out clean and starts to break the other way. And then they're defending for 30 seconds in a row. So Mm -hmm. it's, you know, where, you know, and, and that's why I think everyone, the kid line stands out because they're the only line that had been able to establish time in the offensive zone. So, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but, but yeah, I know. So, so 
I'll let you get back to the story uh, because, but it was a slow start. I do want to ask though, where did you have wink? Did you go to like anchor bar or, or one of the <laughs> like original Buffalo wing spots or did you go just so, somewhere else? So as my friends from Buffalo tell me, they, they say that outside of the original anchor bar location in downtown Buffalo, anchor bar wings are overrated. So okay. we, we first we went to the union pub, which is this little hole in the wall, like old school Irish pub slash restaurant. That's not even 10 minutes away from the arena. Um, one of the bartenders there, one of the bartenders there named Billy, shout out to Billy. He remembered me from when I was last there in 21, which was pretty cool. Uh, they make pretty good wings there. And then the day after on Saturday, uh, I, I, you know, I walked around Buffalo with my Vladimir Tarasenko jersey after going to the game with my Patrick Kane jersey. Uh, we went to this place called Barbell, which is probably about 20 minutes outside the city. And they make some of I think that's that they they consider themselves one of the places of where the buffalo wing was born. So right. it was it, it was it was pretty good. It was fresh. Um, we had different types of wings and there was four of us. So we kind of split it, you know, 40 wings, 10 for each person, 40 for the table. And we had some pizza rolls, which is basically pizza in a roll. It was really good. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I I I really ate a lot. <laughs> <laughs> when I was out well. there, I really did. I, I I don't think there was a moment where I felt. Hmm. I mean, I did the same thing I do when I go to Pittsburgh too. But, um, I I ate very well. I definitely ate well that night when they lost because those Union Pub wings were really good. But I guess maybe just to finish it off, um, the the way that the game was, um, so I was encouraged by you know. So you talk about, um, you know the lack of offensive possession and again they flipped the switch and they just started to be more engaged and part of me believed that at some point you know because it's a road back to back that's pretty mm-hmm. tough you know again that's i'm tough. no professional no yes yeah, i'm no professional hockey player by any means whatsoever but you know, you can only imagine the wear and tear that they go through some people already beat up you're played or an incredibly emotional game against new jersey and then you have to immediately turn it back on again after either i'm guessing they flew is they're not driving six hours they flew into buffalo it's an hour you get in really late can't Mm -hmm. really practice so they just kind of went for it and again they looked decent defensively you know they you know there were a couple of blown coverages here and there but that's going to happen over the course of a hockey game but all in all, once they started to turn on the offense, and I give Gallant credit for just throwing the kid line out there because they were the ones that produced both goals that night. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, Adam Fox ended up getting the game tired. But if you look, it was really Capo Caco kind of, you know, and, and Alexi Lafreniere and Philip Hedel really uh, kind of providing that uh, spark. And even after that, just as a unit, they looked great defensively. You know, they weren't just kind of coasting around. They were playing, but they weren't totally coasting. They were, you know, doing the right thing, getting defensive, you know, getting, you know, defensive reads right. You know, they weren't allowing Buffalo to really dominate. And unfortunately, they lost the game in overtime. Uh, I hate the fact that I love the Buffalo Sabres goal horn. Um, <laughs> I really the think what's like, the my... song? Do you so know the song? Each, each player uses an individual song for the oh, Sabres. Oh, they're one of those. Yeah, so I think I didn't wasn't really cool with the idea at first because you know being a Ranger fan, you know you can't go wrong with Slapshot, but you know 
Right. So, but different cities have different flavors, and you know, you can only run Zombie Nation, or rather, Kerncraft 400, excuse me, or mm-hmm. you know, Song Two by Blur, or Crowd Chant by Joe Satriali or Satriani for so long. You know, change it up, Islanders. You're stale. Um, so. It, it it was unique and and it's funny because Jeff Skinner scores a goal and then Whitney Houston comes on. <laughs> so it, he has a, I want to dance with somebody. So yeah. I'm sitting down and I got all these Sabres fans just going nuts around me. I want to dance with somebody. I'm like, oh my gosh, I think I'm in hell. <laughs> but oh no, it was it was fun. The Rangers on ice, so to speak. I wasn't discouraged by any means whatsoever because, you know, obviously we know the top six is going to, they're going to show up for the moment, we hope, but I'm confident they'll show up. But I'm just glad the kid line is not only confident, but they're shooting the puck, they're engaging in play, they're defensively strong. Filipino, you would think after signing a new contract, he would just kind of loaf. No, this kid has got the dog in him, you know? Yeah. So that that was pretty good. And and then, you know, on Sunday while the Capitol game was going on, I was eating Buffalo pizza and going around the city. So I was listening to it on the radio. I was very encouraged by it. Watched the highlights afterwards. And it was really nice to see. I can't really speak too much on it because I didn't really watch it. I'm more yeah, listening I mean, to it than anything. So really strong game. And I think, you know, Washington is is out of it. You know, I think pretty much mathematically now, but that's a team that just, you know, has faded. And I think predictably so um even amidst you know ovechkin breaking or you know getting to 800 and 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 you know on the uh certainly on pace to eventually break you know wayne gretzky's record but you know that's a team that needs a full makeover now at this point you know mm-hmm. and, and i think it's fair to say they may not factor into the playoff picture um for the next few seasons so who knows how that Good. plays out with with ovechkin you know and and you know i'm sure he's going to finish his excuse me, finish his career there. But, but that team is, I mean, it, they're just not impressive. And it's just, it's just very funny to think back to the whole Tom Wilson broke the Rangers thing. And the, the basically how that's been the absolute opposite of that, where the trajectory of the it. teams has pretty much reversed and the Rangers are on the rise and, and the Capitals are very much, very much on the descent. Pittsburgh right. is not too far behind them. They are, they are in serious jeopardy. Please, uh, they Pittsburgh, had a, they had a hideous apart. loss to the devils earlier this week. Um, <laughs> And, you know, it does look like Carolina and the Devils and the Rangers are, are, are going to be the class of the Metro, mm-hmm. you know, at least for the foreseeable future. So, but no, the Rangers played a, really, played a really strong game against, against the Caps. And I think it was kind of a, it was kind of the, a good um, get right game for them because mm-hmm. I think, you know, to your point, they had had trouble getting engaged early. I think they were up for the Jersey game, but clearly the Devils wanted it more. It just, it meant right. more to them. You know, mm-hmm. they're the younger team. They have more to prove. They they really want that second place spot. Whereas I think the Rangers, having gone through the playoffs last year and having won so many road games, they know that that doesn't really matter. Ultimately, nope. especially in hockey, the just home ice advantage is, 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 is just not the same as it is in other sports mm-hmm. because of the nature of the sport. And, and, you know, when you have an experienced team, they don't mind going on the road. So and right. the Rangers and, and, are, you know, are that. And, and honestly, if they're playing the New Jersey Devils, do you really think that their no. Rangers are not going to have a home ice advantage for seven games? Come on. Right, exactly. <laughs> Give so, me a break. Right. You know? And it's, yeah, there's no travel to worry about. And, no. Um, you know, uh, and you don't want to look too far ahead. But again, would, if they have to go to Carolina, if they have to go to Boston, you're talking about, you know, not, not a lot of taxing airplane rides and, mm-hmm. you know, a pretty good contingent of Ranger fans supporting you wherever you go. So, um no, look, this this I think this ended up being a pretty good week for the team. And and obviously, 
They go into now a game that's happening tonight in St. Louis. Very interesting schedule, the way things have shaken out here, where the Rangers' final you know, four games of the year are against St. Louis, Columbus, Buffalo, and Toronto, right? So they're, mm-hmm. I guess Columbus is the final division opponent on the schedule, but you know, no Philly, no Washington, no Pittsburgh, no Islanders. They're done with all those teams. The Islanders, they've been done with them since December. And they're just kind of playing out the string here against, uh, you know, against some uh, out of division opponents. So, you know, we'll see how that all plays out, but obviously health will be, uh, will be paramount. So, um, and, you know, we'll, we're, we're knocking on wood and hoping for good news regarding both uh, Patrick Kane and, and Jacob Truba. But again, just to, 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 to get back to the, uh, the news that did, uh, or the, the news, I don't want to say that it broke, but the update that was shared by Gerard Gallant during the recording of this podcast that, you know, Truba is day to day and will travel with the team. So that is a good sign, uh, given the injury that he, uh, he suffered in, in the, uh, in Wednesday night's game. So, mm-hmm. um, all right. I think we've got a couple of questions to get to. So JL, if you want to, uh, get to those, let's do it. All right. Well, I'm not going to play the Gohorn tonight because my head hurts, but um, <laughs> I'll, spare, I'll spare you all that for this episode. All right. So obviously we uh, are recording after this, so we didn't really receive many questions, but we do have two. So that'll definitely work out. I can't do it as elegant and cool as Becky does. So don't take away style points for style points for me by any means whatsoever. So uh, we have uh, one of our own, Mr. Tyler Richard, 93. I think we know that guy. Um, his question is, uh, does Kreider get his numbered retired when his career is done as a top five goal scorer of all time in franchise history? Hmm. Good question, Tyler. Thank you very much. You should write for us. <laughs> uh, so speaking of, of written content on the blog, Dave, who, uh, you know, in many ways is a, he's not a one man show cause Tyler does some writing and jail. I think you've done a couple of posts. I, 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 I will admit I have not written uh, written a post for the site in quite a while, although I would like to get back to it. Uh, well, but before before you just go into that, I did I did have an idea of a post, but then the trade deadline completely kind of flipped it on its head, and I can't really write it anymore. But anyways, go okay. Ahead. <laughs> well, you'll make your you'll make your written debut sooner rather than later, I'm sure. No, but Dave wrote a piece on the blog earlier this week about you know basically just asking the question is Chris Kreider an all-time great Ranger. So, you know, with his first goal tonight, I believe he passes Vic Hadfield on the all-time list. He now has 263 career goals. Rod Gilbert is the franchise leader with 408. Now, first of all, it's, and and this is by no means, by the way, uh, to speak ill of any of the guys on the list, right? So you've got Andy Bathgate, you've got Rod Gilbert, you've got Vic Hadfield, et cetera, et cetera. But the fact that an original six team like the Rangers, who has been around for almost 100 years, does not even have a 500 goal scorer uh, among its ranks. Um, you know, most of their Hall of Famers have been either goaltenders or defensemen. You know, obviously, Roger Bear, Jean Rattel, they are hockey Hall of Famers, but they don't have 500 goals. You know, you, the Rangers just have not historically had superstar forward talent that has been with the team for a majority of their career. So mm-hmm. right off the bat with Kreider, longevity is going to make a huge difference as he sort of starts, you know, pushing up the, up, up these all time lists. Now I'll just uh, very quickly uh, off the top of my head and maybe not hundred percent accurately uh, paraphrase Dave's article, but basically he says, uh, he said that, you know, in order for Kreider to get to 408 or, or beyond Roger Bear's all time record, he'd pretty much have to average about 35 goals a season 
for the remainder of his contract. I think he's got four more years left on the contract. And if you look at that, that is certainly doable. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, he's, as a matter of fact, he scored goals number 35 and 36 tonight, or I should say uh, last night against Tampa. You know, he's he's probably not going to hit 40 this year, but maybe he adds a couple more. And I think it's fair to say that, you know, he has found in, and now as he's in his late twenties, early thirties now, you know, he's found exactly what makes him successful at this level, right? I think early in his career, you know, it was, it was a little bit of a question of, are you going to be a sort of net front power forward, or are you going to be like a speedster and try and score all your goals off the rush and off breakaways? And, you know, look, he's got good hands from a screens and deflections uh, perspective. He's not the greatest stick handler. He's certainly not the most accurate shooter of the puck. Um, so he is a net front guy and he's gotten really, really good at that. He's one of the best net front guys in the league. Now he always is among the leaders in deflection goals and, you know, screening the goalie and that kind of thing. So, um, and because of that, and because of who he plays with both in terms of, you know, individually Mika Zibanejad, but also on the power play with Panarin and Fox, et cetera, all that talent, he's going to have plenty of chances over the next few years to score a lot of goals. I think 35 is right around what you can expect from him year over year. And that would put him at the top of the list of all, of all time Rangers goal scorers. And mm-hmm. to me, if you are, if you are in that position for a storied original six franchise, you have to retire the number. Now I know that, you know, the criteria for retired numbers varies greatly from team to team. It's something fans love to debate. I root for a team, the New York Yankees that has retired far too many numbers. And I <laughs> openly laugh at the, some of the ones that they have retired recently. Um, that said, the Rangers have not retired too many. They've obviously got a couple of doubles up there. They've got a couple of 11s and a couple of nines and a couple of twos, I believe. Um, I think it's very possible, especially if the team wins the Stanley Cup, although that's not a requirement that Kreider does get his number retired. So that was a very long answer, long way, <laughs> long walk around the park to say, yes, I do think he'll yes. get his number retired if he is close or breaks Roger Bear's franchise goals record. Well, to answer Mr. Tyler, um, yes, I do think his number gets retired. I think his number gets retired regardless of whether he either gets close or eclipses Rod Gilbert's record. I do find it funny, though, that, you know, you talk about a guy who basically took maybe the first one, two, three, four, five, about six or seven years of his career to really figure it out. And 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 it's funny because he was still incredibly productive in all those years that he was, quote unquote, figuring it out. Uh yep. I guess you could say that he's 31 years old, so he's not too old. I mean, I'm turning 30 this year, so I'm not going to say, you know, whether he's old or not, because then that means I'm old. Um, And none of us are old here by any means. Dave is old. That's a different story. Um, So, um, (laughs) uh, Kreider, he's going to he's going to get his number retired. You want a question? Do you want to know what's the difference between Adam Graves and Chris Kreider? Think about well, it. Well, that's exactly what I was going to I I totally agree with you. And I think there's it's so a, many similarities there. Right. It's that, a Stanley Cup. Well, yeah. it's, it's a Stanley Cup. Right now, it's a Stanley Cup. That's right. Right. But even, so, you know, even Graves' involvement in the community. I mean, Kreider does, you know, he does his fair share of publicized Garden of Dreams stuff. But mm-hmm. I came across a story last year where, you know, he, he, he was going once a week to 
like a, I, it was like a kid's, I don't know if it was like a camp or I don't know if it was with um, special needs students, but he was going to, to, to basically like coach, coach youth hockey once mm-hmm. a week uh, up in the Greenwich area, or I don't know if it was Greenwich, but it was somewhere, you know, near there in Connecticut and d- not something that the Rangers ever put, uh, put out uh, publicly, not something that I saw on like NHL.com. This was like a local news report out of Connecticut. It was like, oh, this like Ranger player comes here all the time to spend like quality mm-hmm. time with these kids. And it was like right. totally behind the scenes, like very selfless, giving himself to the community because it's something he wanted to do, right? It was not like a paid appearance, you know, because of it, it was a Garden of, Garden of Dreams thing. So, right. you know, th- this is a guy who I think genuinely cares about people and, you know, wants to um, have that, you know, have that quality, um, you know, in addition to, you know, you know, being a, a great hockey player, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's a good person. So, um, right. and that's very much Adam Graves as well. You know, that is yeah, absolutely Graves is, is known as kind of, you know, he, he kind of has taken up the Roger bear role, right? Roger right. bear was the original Mr. Ranger. Now it's kind mm-hmm. of Adam Graves and Kreider seems to be very much next in line for that. So, um, I, you know, I do all find of that funny stuff matters, that. I think. Right. Right. I do find it funny though. And, and this is not an indictment on Brian Leach by any means whatsoever, but you probably would have, you know, it's obviously different personalities. It's not saying that Brian Leach is a terrible person, but you probably would have expected that from a guy like Leach, I guess maybe a different type of person, but you know, being that Brian Leach was arguably the better player in in, for most of his career, but you know, obviously it just goes to show you that talent doesn't always uh, describe like off ice things, but to go back to Kreider, you know, he, he, the longevity of this man and the he's essentially outside of Henrik, he's essentially the face of this team. And mm-hmm. there was a lot of discussion not too long ago that, you know, do we get rid of him because he has a high contract? I was one of the very few people that actually liked that contract extension because I knew exactly what he was going to give to the team. You know, just around the time that he signed that contract, that's when he really began to figure it out. And yep. um, obviously, like you said, having Mika Zibanejad really does help, you know, and, um, you know, obviously it helps, you know, and then again, Adam Graves was not Adam Graves without Mark Messier. So, I mean, that that's kind of a yeah. point. Um, but does Kreider get his number retired? Yes, he does. I absolutely 100% think he does because you don't really have a lot of guys that stay with teams for the rest of their careers these days. You know, it happens a little more in hockey than it does in other sports. You know, um, just to name a few, you know, Derek Jeter, Craig Biggio, Jeff Bagwell, um, you know, uh, David Wright, you know, a lot of guys Mm -hmm. who stick with one team for the rest of their career. And I think that'll be special. And being that he's only 31 years old, um, the guy probably still has at least six, maybe five of really good hockey. Who knows? He keeps himself in really good shape. The guy might play another 10 years. So, you know, who knows? Because he's he's only really had, and from what I remember, two, maybe even just one really serious injury. And the only one that I can honestly think of was the blood clot that he had suffered mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. But he somehow yep. he came back from that. So just to, another long way to answer your question, Tyler. Does Kreider get his number retired when his career done as a top five goal scorer in all-time franchise history? Yes, he does. I even think he gets it even if he doesn't win a Stanley Cup. Obviously, I'd want him to win one. We all do. But I think number 20 goes up the rafters just, you know, because now again, and and this will be the last I'll say of it. So if you look at the retired numbers, so to speak, um, they all kind of 
go through an era. So you had Gilbert, mm-hmm. you had Jacqueline, you had um, Rattel, Hatfield, right? Mm-hmm. So kind of, you know, obviously we're not going to go all the way back into the annals and, you know, retire like Bunn or Bill Cook's number or, you know, um, one of the Hex dolls that was a ranger. No, although they did with Howell and Bathgate. They did that a few years ago, but yeah. Right. So, I mean... I honestly, in my opinion, the only other number that I feel like they needed to retire right now is Brad Park. You know, mm-hmm. do it while the guy's still alive, even yep. though he may not have been a Ranger as long as he was a Bruin. I still think he was, you know, a lot of older heads who are still alive today really consider him one of the best defensemen in Ranger history. Yeah. You if want, not for Bobby want... Orr, he would have been the best defenseman in the league by a, by a Ex- wide margin. That's how great Orr was, but exactly. that's how great Park was. Yeah. You know, and there's a couple other names you could probably try and throw up there that were kind of maybe kind of sort of, but the Rangers have done a really good job at making sure that they don't bastardize it. Kind of like, you know, another team in New York that has pinstripes mm-hmm. and, you know, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but yeah, hundred percent. I think he gets his number retired. He's going, I have this very strange feeling. He's going to be a lifelong Ranger. His contract's going to run out. He's going to sign here for a team-friendly deal and just ride out the sunset. And maybe if he doesn't, well, you know what? Still retire the number. So Yeah. Look, I mean, yeah, I'm, and I'll just, I agree with you. I think the, the, the thing about Kreider is he's certainly not a perfect player. He has a lot of weird moments and weird stretches of games where he really does still look lost. And he is a obviously a very experienced, very cerebral player, even for someone who has the sort of, you know, brute strength and speed that he does. But you know what? I mean, uh, he's it's really right on the money with the Graves comparison. Graves was at, at times a very strange player too. He made very weird decisions with the puck. Mm-hmm. He had an inaccurate shot at times. You know, he he's known for scoring 52 goals, but he only did that once. He was otherwise a kind of 25 to 29 per year goal scorer. So they are very similar players in a lot of ways, even though they approach the game differently. They play in different eras. Um, so, look, I am a huge Kreider fan. I understand why people get frustrated with him so easily. Uh, it is frustrating that it did take him so long to kind of reach his potential. But um, I think he is a great, great Ranger. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, especially if he wins the Stanley Cup, I think I think you will see a, a Chris Kreider night in the future. So good question, Tyler. Thanks for that one. All right. We got one more and then we're, uh, we're out of here. Yes, sir. All right. So this comes from Bill Suspill, uh, one of my favorite follows on Twitter. And that is, what was the greatest Ranger moment you didn't witness because you weren't watching the game? <laughs> That's a good one. That's a real oh good my one. Goodness. I, I like that one a lot. There were a few games, the greatest Ranger moment. I mean, there have I have missed playoff games. Um, that the Rangers have won kind of like I've never missed a clinching game. I think that's like one of the things where I was like, all right, I'm going to drop whatever plans, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I have to make sure I can watch this game. But I've definitely missed some games, especially games where they're facing an elimination where, you know, I was younger and I was like playing in a softball league or I was like, I don't know, I had to go to a, some sort of event or birthday party or a wedding or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you know, I would follow the game on my phone or I would have people texting me every 30 seconds telling me what was going on, but I wasn't actively watching the game. Um, the year that they came back from 3-1 down, so 2015 against Washington, mm-hmm. I was at game five when they tied it late and then won it. Kreider scores the oh, game-tying goal, by the right. way. Another great thing about him that we didn't mm-hmm. even bring up is that he scores nothing but seemingly clutch clutch goals in the playoffs. Dave always points mm-hmm. that out, and he's absolutely right. Kreider ties the game. McDonough wins it. 
I did not watch game six of that series because I was not home. I can't remember where I was, but I know I didn't watch game six. <laughs> so they win game six. and the, But then obviously I was all locked in and partying very hard after game seven with the step on overtime winner. But um, so I, I can't really think of a moment like I, there's not really a moment. Um, but certainly some some key playoff wins I have missed. Um, I don't know if you have one that sticks out. I have two, actually. Uh, and it's one is my fault. The other one wasn't really my fault. Uh, so the first one was in 2014. So obviously I had almost really I, 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 you know, like you and like hopefully many other Ranger fans is I watch and I try to see every game possible. And that year I saw you know, Marty St. Louis, I was actually at work. I was in my office rather watching it on a stream. So I only, I didn't see the NBC feed of St. Louis uh, overtime winner. I saw the CBC feed because that's what that's the stream I was watching. It's the better. Feed. Um, it's always better, way better, better crowd noise. Unbelievable oh, yeah. crowd. hundred yeah. If there's anything that I absolutely admire is the way that Canada broadcast hockey, even now in sort of like the bastardized, bastardized version that Sportsnet does. Um, it's all the yeah. same. Yeah, they still have yeah, the same is. people anyways. So first one was in 2014. It was game game. Is it what? game four? Game four of the Stanley Cup final. And mm. I was out but I was watching the game in my, I, I used to use, and I still kind of do use my office as like a base of operations. If I just want to hang out uh, because I can, it's only me that goes in there and my boss at the time, but he's, he would never showed up after five. So it was basically just like a hangout room for me. So I would mm -hmm. stay a little later and watch games, you know? So I'd pull up the stream on the computer and I'd sit there and I'd watch hockey or baseball or whatever sport I was interested in. And there's a friend of mine a friend of mine at the time who was a female and I was trying to curry her favor mm -hmm. and she didn't live that far from me or from my office rather. So I thought, well, I'm going to go there real quick and come back. Uh, no, I missed the third period and I missed Martin St. Louis goal. Um, and I was very upset by that. And so the one kinda, finals game that they won in 2014, the, they were not watching. Oh, Right. And the only game that they won. Yep. I missed. <laughs> so, so I, I missed. You shouldn't I, have watched I, the rest of the series if that was the case. Well, yeah, I know. Well, I should have known. Duh, stupid JL. Um, <laughs> so I missed the last period and um, I can't really recall too well. I think the Rangers were winning one nothing, and then they, the Kings tied it. And I thought, oh, well, I'll just keep up with my phone. Couldn't get any data. The courting of the female failed um that's a double negative the second moment was kevin hayes his overtime winner against pittsburgh um this one wasn't really a fault of my own um i just didn't remember that you couldn't take your phone out during a broadway performance so i was ah. still i was still in school and they basically the college i was going to basically gave us free tickets i thought it was coming out of my tuition i guess not uh, they gave us free tickets to go see a Broadway play. And so after dining and ditching in Applebee's because they were going to take forever to give us our food, we didn't order anything. We just they just told us it was going to take forever. We got some famous raised pizza that's not too far from the Barrymore Theater, if I can remember correctly. And then we saw um I can't I'm trying to remember the name. I have the playbill somewhere in my room. It's like the you can't remember what show it was. 
Well, it was the curious incident, the curious case of the dog in the nighttime. It was really good. I have to look okay. the name up again, but it was really good. It was so like a straight play. It wasn't. It wasn't a musical. It was like a mix of both because it's. Broadway. Oh, okay. Of course, there's going to be music. Um, well, I, there's I not. A, you can see straight plays on Broadway. Yeah, I know, but this, they decided to give us like a quasi musical, and it was really good. But as I'm walking inside of the Barrymore Theater, I realize, oh crap. <laughs> the rangers are playing the penguins i thought it was the next day i was like oh my gosh okay <laughs> so i'm trying to like now i don't have a smart watch they weren't a thing at the time so i couldn't really look at my watch so i'm kind of creeping on my phone like i had i didn't i didn't put the lock screen so i just had the espn app kind of refreshing and like i had to take it out and i was looking to see if the ushers would find me mm-hmm. so then i take out my phone and my phone vibrates and i see they're going to overtime. So I'm trying to focus on this play. Still really good, but I'm also having like a nervous attack because, you know, <laughs> I wanted I want them to win. So Kevin Hayes wins it. So I look at my phone and obviously it's delayed. I look and I see Hayes win it and I just did a silent yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so I came home and I watched the highlights. I really don't I I normally I watch the highlights and I remember. I cannot recall a thing about that game except for Kevin Hayes scoring the overtime winner. So obviously I ended up watching the next, you know, the, the next games after that where, you know, Hagelin won it in overtime. I was here in my room. I woke my mother up and everything. So those are the two that I can probably say that I missed. I always make an active effort to watch most of my sporting events, my sporting teams and the events, because I, I if it isn't already evident how many Ranger games I go to, I have huge FOMO. So there's that. Oh, yeah. I can't. <laughs> I, I, I'm not like an entertaining or effective person if the rangers are playing like a huge game or a playoff game and i have to be somewhere else or doing something and you know at this (laughs) point in life i'm a little bit less you know socially uh active if you will Mm -hmm. uh because you know i'm a married with a kid and another one on the way and it's you know you're just home more so um and you know you don't have a lot of my friends are in the same boat so it's not like we're calling each other up every friday and saturday asking you know what's going on um, mm-hmm. but back in those days when I was a little bit more social, um, yeah, people would be like, Hey, you want to hang out? Let's go out. Let's get, let's get some drinks or do whatever. And I'd be like, no, the Rangers are playing. And like, they'd be like, <laughs> Oh, I'm sure it'll be on at the bar. And I'm like, I'm not watching it's not this playoff same. game in that setting with no sound. <laughs> and like, you're going to be expecting to talk to me. I'm mm-hmm. not going to talk to you. I'm going to be like a complete psychopathic mess during this, the entirety of the two and a half hours. Like I'm not a fun person to be around. I I'm, I'm a little less of a freak show now, but even, I mean, last year it all came back, you know, it's funny what four years out of the playoffs does to you, right? Like, I know. I mean, I, you know, why was, and you could ask, you know, you could ask Becky or any one of our friends. I went to game one of the playoffs last year with my brother. Like I was nuts. I was going, I was like living and dying with every, you know, like bouncing puck over the stick of a defenseman. It was just like, it was exactly what makes it great and exactly what makes it so stressful and maddening and hopefully ultimately rewarding um, is just, you know, how intense it is. But yeah, no, I don't, I certainly don't want to be out uh, socializing during a playoff game. And and if I do have to do something else, I'm usually very distracted from whatever that something else is. Now I will let me. I want to interject here real quick, and, and you know, we'll wrap it up here. So, I I always seem to have terrible luck when it comes to these types of things. So I did get to see game uh, game five of the Stanley Cup final that year, but um, it was a bit of an issue, so to speak. I had to work that night, 
And it wasn't just a regular event. It was this sort of like fusion of music event. I forget. Fado Tango, whoever listens to this, please correct me on it. I'm, I'm <laughs> stupid and trying to remember the details. But basically, I had to go record something in an auditorium for the city. And it was a two camera setup. So it's not like I can just go goof around while my boss was, you know, recording one thing. I had to like pay attention to my job, so to speak. And at this time in the 2014 final, I was still, I was only a year hired into my job. So, and I didn't have a smartphone at this time. I ended up getting a smartphone later that year. So I had this iPod touch with a Super Mario cover on it. I still have it. It's lying around here somewhere. But thankfully, the school system had Wi-Fi. So I plugged my headphones into the iPod touch, slipped it into my sweater and had that stream that I used. And I listened to the CBC feed of Mm -hmm. the Stanley Cup final game five. So when intermission came, people wanted to talk to me, socialize. I found a chair in the corner. I sat down and I watched, then went back to work. So the game, so the event ends and I go, great. I get to go home and watch the game. Cool. All right. So my boss goes, no, no, we're all going to this one place for like an after party. I'm like, why are we having an after party? This is so <laughs> lame. So, okay, fine, whatever. So we go to this after party and thank goodness they had the game on the screen and it was a big screen. So like I could turn my head and watch it. So I'm sitting next to my boss. Everyone's eating this really crappy food that they're handing out. And the only thing I'm looking at is Henrik Lundqvist makes saves and the Rangers just absolutely fighting for their lives at this Mm -hmm. restaurant. I couldn't hear a damn thing. So the first overtime ends and I'm already a bag of nerves. People try to talk to me and I'm like, no, please leave me alone. I didn't say that, but I'm just in my head. So then you can't have a, especially that I I was, I was sitting alone in the dark as for contrast, by the way. Yeah, no, trust me. (laughs) So then, so in between the uh, in between the um, the end of period uh, overtime period one and overtime period two, uh, I wasn't driving at the time, so my boss dropped me off at my house. So I had my work ID on and everything. I walk up my stairs and I open the door, and my father is watching it on the TV. So I said, "You know what? I'm just gonna sit and watch." Lo and behold, the, the goal was scored. I got up. I took my ID, I chucked it at my TV, and then I went in my room. Yeah. And then I proceeded to not turn my TV on, but then I got a phone call from a friend of mine, and she was rubbing it in my face. Girl didn't even watch oh. hockey. Well. Um, so there's that. And then one more. I, I just have to say it because it's kind of funny now that it's got me thinking about it. Mets World Series Game 4, I think it was. They had lost. It was a Game 4? Or game three. I think it was game three. Mets lost the first two games in Kansas City. First one was uh, extra innings lost. The next one was a blowout. So they first came at City Field, came in. And what do I have to do? I wa- First of all, I watched all playoff games intently. And I was actually at game two of the NLCS that year in 15. So, oh, hey, John Luke, guess what? We're uh, we're going to record something down at the barge down by the waterfront. What time is it? Oh, it's uh, this day at this time. Oh, yeah, right exactly when the World Series Game 3 starts, right? Mm-hmm. So I only saw a couple of pitches of it. I didn't see David Wright's home run. I got to see the last couple of innings of the game. I was crushed. I, I like my job, but then I hate it sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, life does get in the way sometimes, but... um. No, you know, that's a no interesting question. Thanks to uh, thanks to Bill to spill, as always, for submitting. Um, all right. Listen, this was fun. Went a little longer than uh, I think we planned to. But, 
you know, even, even as we sit here in kind of the purgatory of the NHL season with the Rangers uh, playing out the string as, it, as uh, you know, as it were, you know, technically they can still catch the Devils. I guess they could catch Carolina as well if they lose out um, mm-hmm. and the Rangers win out. And, you know, obviously that's very unlikely, but, you know, the Rangers are, are locked in and, um, you know, kind of just waiting to get through these next four games along with the rest of us until the real thing starts on either April 17th or 18th. So uh, we're really excited about it. As I said before, you know, plan is to do, you know, maybe some expanded pod coverage, more Twitter spaces, et cetera. So please stay tuned for that. Um, JL, any final thoughts from you before we sign off? Let's go Rangers. Hopefully Patrick Kane and Trouba are okay. I'll have to answer the question about the worst Jersey purchase I've ever had. I totally forgot to answer that question here, but I I hope to mention that on the next podcast, but nope. Uh, I'm excited about the playoffs and, um, I hope they catch a couple more games this year and hopefully this playoff is a little more fruitful than last year. Yeah, should be should be fun. We're going to we're going to talk about it all right here on live from the blue seat. So, thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next week.